The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Minard, your co-host. Today's topic, confidence and ego, the delicious difference. Have you ever been around someone who had real confidence? Did you envy them? Or did you admire them and feel safe because you knew you could trust them to be who they said they were and do what they said they could? On the other hand, have you ever felt resentful or suspicious of someone who acted confident? Was it because you were feeling negative about yourself and felt compelled to cover it up by putting them down? Or was it because you sensed they were puffing themselves at your expense and or not able to deliver? In this edition of Inside Out, our host Beth Green leads a discussion of confidence and ego. She'll help us tell the difference between the two in ourselves and others. And she'll support us to discover what might be stopping us from being confident when we should be and what might be causing us to puff ourselves up when humility would be the better course. So stay tuned, call or email. Speak to Beth live if you want to benefit from her uncanny insight into you and others. And now here's Beth from the inside out. Well, hello there. I'm so happy to, to see you all today. I'm going to imagine your faces. Uh, this is so funny. I, I never think about the show in advance because I like to tune in. Uh, that's the way I work. I'm an intuitive. And uh, just before today's show, I took a bit of a walk and I started thinking about the topic, and I was thinking and thinking, and it was things that I were coming to me, and I get back, and I sit down, and I hear James announcing the show, and the topic I was thinking about is next week's topic. So here I am. Is that confidence? I have so much confidence that I didn't even bother to look to see what our show was about today. That's pretty funny, don't you think? Yes. Anyway, before... <laughs> So now we're going to find out. I'm going to be surprised, and this is very exciting, really. So, uh, But before we get into the topic of confidence and ego, and I think this is going to be really, really fun, because I bet you that you've had the same experience that I have, that you've met people that just irk you, and they act so confident, and they think there's such hot shit, you know, and... It just irks you and irks you, and you think, what's the matter with me? Why am I like this? Well, it may not be you after all. But before we do that, I'd like to take a look at some listener comments. We got a comment, um, well, last week about, it said, another great show. I did not have any questions that were not already asked. But I love the show. Great conversation between you. And she was talking about the conversation that we had with Carl Kalaman, where we were talking about God, the global mind, and you, and evolution, and the rise of civilization, and all those really heady topics. But that, how really concrete it was, and how meaningful that was. And it was a great conversation, introducing a lot of people to ideas that they did not have already about an evolving God and an evolving universe. So I really appreciated that from Helen. 
And here we also had a comment that came in late on the show we had the week before, which was on adversity. And this is what um, Elizabeth said. Since I moved to California several years ago, I started spending time with my aunt and uncle who lived in the area. The last time I saw them was last year when my aunt and my partner had a verbal altercation. I've been avoiding seeing her since then because of fear about how their argument impacted my relationship with her. I've been judging myself on how poorly I have related with her, though I'm feeling inspired by this show because I can see this as an opportunity for me to own my part, learn from my mistakes, and act differently by being honest with her, including disclosing all the fears and pains that I've been feeling. Like you guys talked about the show, it's better to acknowledge something in ourselves regardless of the amount of time that has passed instead of not seeing it at all. I love your show and appreciate all the time, energy, and work that goes into it. Please keep it up. Well, of course, I had to read that comment, didn't I? Because <laughs> that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to help people to think about themselves. And this program that we had on two weeks ago about adversity and how it could guide us really made a lot of us think, myself included. So back to thinking in the present. Now we need to talk about confidence and ego. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Well, I think the first question is for us to look at ourselves. Can we tell the difference, the difference in ourselves when we are really confident? Think about that. Okay. The time is up, guys. Put down your pencils. What did you come up with? Who has an idea? about how they behave when they are confident versus how they behave when they are in their ego? I could share. Okay. I think uh, much of my adult life, I have uh, put up a, a lot of uh, self, put out a lot of self-confidence to others. And there are lots of times when I really believed it. Uh, most of the time I believed in my self-image that I was a great person, I was doing great things, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but then, of course, the contradictions would come up in life and mm-hmm. uh, prove, prove, to me, prove me to be a liar. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, uh, um, over time, I've come to realize that a lot of that was ego puff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'd become so ingrained in it that I believed it myself. Particularly when I was practicing law, uh, uh, every time a new client came in, they expected me to be confident and to have the answers. Mm-hmm. And so I'd, I'd really put on uh, this appearance of, yes, I can answer your questions. Yes, I have a strategy for your case, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I don't know. It seems like since I, since I had the advantage of knowing things in the law that they did not, uh, I, they would come away feeling like I knew what I was talking about. Uh, although when I really stopped and thought about it, there was a whole lot I didn't know anything about. Because every legal matter was different and new, and, and how, do you, how are you going to fit that in with the existing law? Uh, so I, I was in the position of having to be the expert who knew. And so I would put myself in that role, and I'd play it over and over. Particularly uh, when I had to deal with the opposition, the opposing counsel, or I had, to, I had to sound like I knew what I was talking about. And so even though even when I knew I was pretending, 
I still felt an occupational need. And I've had this with jobs I've taken, too, where I, I have do the interview and I try to sound like I really know what I'm talking about in relation to being a fit for that job, even though I'd get on the job and, and I'd barely have enough to go on to be able to hang in there. Uh, so there, there was just, just been a lot of that going on in my adult life. James, that is so crucially important. What you're talking about is the first thing that everybody needs to learn about the difference between confidence and ego. Confidence is based on something real. It's like you know that you can do this, or you've had experience doing it, or you have faith in yourself, or you believe that you can tune into a higher consciousness and you're going to be able to get an answer. Whereas when we're acting out of ego and just trying to look confident, usually it's because we know we don't know. And sometimes we try to convince ourselves that we know, and so we're not coming right out and saying, gee, I don't know. We don't admit it to ourselves even. But there's some feeling that we have underneath it all that tells us, I don't know, and I'd better cover it up. And why do we have to cover it up? Because we're afraid someone is going to take advantage of us. My goodness, if you go into a court of law and you say, well, uh, Your Honor, uh, I really don't know uh, what to say about this case, uh, but uh, give my guy uh, a good shot. You know, you, you would not stay in business very long, would you? That's right. So, so a lot of ego puffing does come out of the fear that if we are discovered to be exactly who we are, we are going to get fired, or the opposing counsel is going to say, that jerk you know, we can pull anything over on him because he doesn't know what he's talking about. And that's another thing that we're afraid that if we show that vulnerability, that someone is going to take advantage of us. So you already hit a big point right on the nose that when we lack confidence on the deepest level, our egos try to protect us from perceived danger by exuding the illusion of confidence. And we haven't yet learned how to live in the world in a real way. And, of course, this is what Inside Out is so dedicated to, is uh, creating an online community where it's okay and it's safe to be real. And we're starting by being real right here. Well, we have lots more to say, but we already have a caller, and it's Irene from San Diego. Hi, Beth and James. Um I feel like I have just discovered confidence, and <laughs> that is that for me now, the true confidence is really relaxation. It's uh, the feeling I get with people coming over, and I have some, and I'm making a meal. There's some things in the refrigerator, and I know that I can make a meal out of them, but it's. And uh, that's that's one sense of of confidence in my ability to do something. But in confidence that I know something is always now the relaxation that I can offer something to the discussion. And uh, and and that I feel relaxed about offering that. Whereas I think in the past, what I mistook for confidence was an arrogance. And it was very brittle. Well, I think the question, question, Irene, let me interrupt you just for a second here. Sure. Um, That 
the relaxation comes from the knowing that you really can do this thing, which is what you're saying. But yeah. the arrogance is the is the ego. It's the cover up for the insecurity. So I think the point is that it's underneath that arrogance, because you're you're using the word arrogant, we could call it ego. Um yeah. underneath that arrogance is the insecurity, and it's the insecurity that is sabotaging the relaxation that you're talking about. And why can't we just admit, now we'll have to come back a little bit later in the show. This will be interesting about what does James do when he goes into a court of law, because he's not in law anymore, uh, when he goes into that court of law and to deal with the fact that he feels like he doesn't know what he's doing or he feels unprepared or whatever it is, how does he not go into the song and dance and they pretend, which I believe Everybody can feel. I think that people feel the difference between the ego and the confidence just because of what you're saying, Irene. Because when we are confident, we are relaxed and the other person feels relaxed. But when we're trying to prove something, like we're talking a mile a minute or we're making reference to all of the things that we've done and the other person's eyes start glazing over because they have this sense that something is wrong. And so when you're offering something, you're not trying to answer the question for the world. You're just trying to offer what it is you have. You know what you have. You know you can offer it. What you don't yeah. know is how to solve the problem for the entire planet, and that's probably the case. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's where the relaxation comes. I know ex- exactly. Yeah, but not so, anything so, more. So well, the question that I have for you is, why did you feel the need to pretend that you knew what you didn't? Which is, why did the ego have to come in and protect you? Oh, I, I think that... My ego was always trying to get people to need me or want me or believe I was valuable. And so I wanted them to see me as someone who could solve their problems or answer their questions or take care of whatever was the issue at hand. Well, would you like to have a little fun with this? Sure. Supposing I told you that's not it. Um, Then I would have to explore. Yes, you would. (laughs) So ask me the question again. Uh, So why did you have to pretend that you did have the answers? And by the way, now you give me some feedback right here. When I told you, what, what if I told you that's not it? Did that feel like confidence or ego to you? From you? Yeah. Confidence. Okay. So it did not sound like ego where I was saying, hey, baby, I know something you don't know. Uh, uh. You felt like I was relaxed and that I was confident and that I was sure of myself. Yeah. Yeah. And you also put it at, suppose I told you. It was like yeah. we were playing back and forth. Okay, good. So it didn't have that smack of ego in it, at least not no, at this moment. No, it didn't have you're wrong and I'm right. Good, it good. Had, so, let's play with this and see what comes up. Okay. I, yeah. Well, we have a couple of minutes to play before our first commercial break. So I'm going to invite you to go inside and I see you uh, at a scene 
and I see you with your mother, and she's standing up in the kitchen, and she's looking at you, and you must be pretty young because she seems to be looking in a downward direction, not like straight down like you're at her toes, but at an angle, but downward. So I get a sense that you're you're pretty small. Because I'm in a high chair. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, And what's happening? Um... I think she's either angry. I, I don't what are know. You, she's, what, are, what are you doing, Irene? What are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah. There's, you're doing something and it's eliciting a reaction. Well, I know she used to tell me, I don't know if this is it, that whenever I was fussy and not... Not, you know, just be agitated and uh, she wanted to come down. She'd sit me in the high chair while she was cooking. Mm-hmm. So are you feeling like you're fussy and you've been put in the high chair? I mean, that sounds like a loving thing to do. Instead of suffocating yeah. you or throwing you in a ditch, she's yeah, letting no, you no. be close to you. It was kind of like it, it solved both problems. She could keep doing what she was doing. Yeah. And I could feel close to her. So that sounds like a very positive experience, doesn't it? It is. So what does that have to do with you feeling like you need to know everything? Boy, that's a stretch, isn't it? It is a stretch. The only the only stretch I can make is that I got her to put me in the high chair <laughs> and that calmed us both down. Yes. And so I had the answer. Yes. So what were you trying to convince your mother of? You have just hit something really interesting. I can feel it. We just have a little while to go before our commercial. Let's see if we can nail this one. What were you trying to convince your mother of? That she needed me? That I could help her? Yes, that you... Knew what? What would fix the problem? Yes. And why didn't you think she could do it? Ooh, that's a good one. There's something, Beth, about putting me in the high chair. Yes. That that made us equal, kind of, you know, I was... Yes. I yes. Had to be up yes. Close to her, and I think I had an energy that would calm her. You thought you did, and you felt like you did. And why didn't you think that she had the answer? That she would know how to take care of you? Oh. I, uh, the only sense I have, and this is weird, is that it would take too long. 
That's not it. We have to go to commercial break. Everybody, hold your breath. <laughs> Don't go away. Okay. Because when it you was, come why back, did I think she didn't have the answer? That's my question, right? What the, why did you not trust her to be able to figure out what to do? And this okay. is going to be this is this is going to relate to a lot of people. So don't come, uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we have Irene on the line, and we're hot on the trail of a very, very interesting question. We are talking about the difference between confidence and ego. We've been talking about how when we really feel confident, we feel safe and relaxed. And when we feel unconfident, we feel threatened. And the ego jumps in whenever we feel threatened to try to protect us. And the way it does in this kind of case is to try to make it look like we actually know what we're doing so that we don't get taken advantage of. So we have a caller, Irene from San Diego, and she brought up an example of uh, her mom putting her in a high chair, which is what she actually, Irene, the way she saw it from her perception is that she got her mother to put her on the high chair when she was fussing. And the, and it's kind of odd, but we're on the trail of something. Um, and we'd like to resolve this because we actually have another caller already, and we'd like to be able to get to her next. But, Irene, uh, while we were on hold, did anything come to you as to why it was that you didn't trust that your mother could take care of things? I believe it was because I knew that she could connect with us, and we could calm her down. And she was waiting for my father to come home to calm her down. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we were the answer. There were four of us. Mm. Okay, that feels very close. It feels very, very close, Irene. So you were actually feeling your mother's agitation to start with. 
Yes. And and so you were trying to get your mother to put you in the high chair in order to give her that sense of presence that somebody was there with her and for her when she had four children to take care of and uh, to give her that relaxation until the father could come home who could really calm her down. And so that's great, Irene, because then the question is, did you actually know how to calm your mother down? Hmm, that's good. Um, well, I think it had that temporary effect. Not very well. <laughs> think about it. I mean, yes, of course, you have your baby, and there is that moment of bonding where you feel, oh, yes, blah, 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 right? But let's yeah, say. It gave her some sense of power because, you know, she could stop me from fussing. Right, but and that she you're felt, right. The, whatever was agitating her behind that, you couldn't touch. So you were already in the high chair, pretending that you knew something or you had something that you didn't have, which mm-hmm. was the ability to calm the situation. And oh. I would bet you that you have done that in many, many situations in your life. Absolutely, over and over and over again, yeah. And yet, yet knowing deep down inside that you couldn't calm the situation because you weren't all that calm yourself. I, yeah. Irene, I want to thank you for your call. That was very cool. Okay, thank you. Okay, and now we have, I hope we didn't confuse everybody in the oh, audience. Okay. James, and do you that- think we confused everybody? Uh. James? Hold on. It's okay. Ugh. It's okay. It seems like something has happened with the technology on James' end. So yeah, we'll can, just... can, can you hear me now? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Okay. What I was trying to say, uh, my, my device, uh, is it's a brand mm-hmm. new uh, form and it didn't work like I thought it would. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it was clear to me that there was a pattern that was set up in her thinking that she had power over the situation, but falsely believed it uh, from getting into the high chair to calm her mother down, mm-hmm. thinking that that would do it, knowing mm-hmm. that it wouldn't, but pretending it, and then having that pattern the rest of her life and trying to be the one who seemed confident, seemed in control, seemed the one to be able to calm things down, uh, but deep down realizing that she that was just a front. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you for that summary. And now we go to Amy from San Diego. Hi, Amy. Oh, hi, Beth. Hi. I think this is your first time calling into Inside Out. Yeah, just only the second. Yeah. Welcome. Well, I have two parts. I think one relates to the second, but the first one is feeling like I had to act like I had things under control when my mom would ask me to uh, control my younger brother and sister to keep them from annoying her. Oh, that's interesting. That has a similarity to Irene's, doesn't it? Right. And there was no way I could do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think from that, it. Um, well, actually, maybe from that, I figured that having confidence wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> uh, don't draw the conclusion yet. Tell me what the other part is first. Okay. The other part is I play my harp for weddings. And I typically practice new songs at the last minute. And somewhere I have in my head that confidence shouldn't require practice. <laughs> oh, I love that one. 
Can we focus on that one? Sure. I thought that I, was the better. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes, if I'm confident. Well, the way that I am going to prove that I am confident, confident is to not practice. Because what does that, how does that reassure me that I'm confident? How do you feel, how does it reassure you that you're confident when you don't practice? Oh, it doesn't reassure me at all. So it's well, not, maybe not. Maybe I tell myself, oh, I can do this. I'm really good, good enough to do this at the last minute. Well, I think it's, I'm good enough to do this. What happens when we start to practice something? Well, I find out where my weaknesses are. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to know that. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love this example. I bet there's other people out there who do exactly the same thing. I don't want to delve into this because I'm going to discover that I really don't know what I'm doing or that I'm not as good as I think I am. And then we flub it, and then we can say, well, I wasn't prepared. And that is so funny. I was just talking to a guy about this the other day. He was talking about some comedian who was talking about this. Anyway, uh, this is exactly right. We, If we don't look carefully at ourselves, you know, I'll give you another example. Have you ever noticed the difference between speaking and writing? When you write something down, what do you notice? Uh, whether the sentence is well written, whether, and what, yes. whether all the tenses agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's well, whether it's all thought out. I right. Have, right. I have spoken, and people in these particular cases were mesmerized. But when I tried to write it down, I realized that I, didn't ha- I did not connect all the dots, that I didn't know really exactly what I was even trying to say, but that somehow through waving my hands around or looking at them or sending them chi, they were going to actually think that they understood something on an intuitive level because they certainly couldn't have understood it any other way. So now, of course, I'm exaggerating. There was some truth to it or they wouldn't have bought it. But the fact is that when we actually write, we have to see whether or not we have connected all the dots. And that is shattering to our, to our confidence because we actually have to go and think it through. Right, make changes. Yeah. <laughs> put something first that was second and so on. Exactly. Exactly. That you don't even notice that you let it go by. Especially yeah, it's funny. Words. I kind of like doing that. Bringing, <laughs> making something, when one point flow into the next and a conclusion come from the whole thing, like closing the circle. So for some reason, yes. I don't mind doing that. Right, right. But if you actually do it in advance, then you're going to feel insecure. Mm. Then you're going to notice how insecure you feel. Working on it in advance? Yes. Working on it in advance causes us to see the gaps. Oh, okay. Sort of with the practicing. Okay. Exactly. It's just like the practicing. And what's worse is I never seem to learn from it because I'll feel badly if I made a mistake playing for someone's wedding and I won't do it any differently the next time. <laughs> well, Amy, uh, this is a great uh, sharing that you've done because I think so many of us are like that in a way that where we pretend that we're just, you know, just being creative in the moment and we're actually being slipshod because we don't want to face how insecure we actually are and 
That's that's too painful. Now, I am not suggesting that we should never do things off the cuff, but there are places where that's okay and there's places where that isn't okay. Right. And, and so what would be really very good is to take a look at where the insecurity comes from that you're so afraid to face. Now, let's go back to your first example where you said that your mom, because I think they connect, don't you? Where yeah. you said that your mom wanted you to calm down the other kids. And did you act like you could? I, I don't remember, but I probably acted like I could, but I knew that I couldn't. Right. And I how did the fact th- that she depended on me. Right. Right. Okay. So there's a very critical point. You wanted her to believe that you could because you liked the feeling that you had when she did. Right. And so you were going for the feeling of being appreciated and you didn't want to lose it. You didn't want to lose that feeling that she loved and appreciated you. And so if you had faced that reality that you didn't feel confident in your ability to calm down the other children, and I don't know how kids ever can really, but if you had actually looked at that and had been honest about that, you would have told your mom, I can't do this. And if you had admitted to her that you couldn't do that, you were afraid that you would risk the withdrawal of the love and appreciation that you so much valued from her. Right. Plus, she always thought I should be able to do things. Otherwise, quote, unquote, what's your problem? Well, that's true, too, which is still the same thing. The same thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just another side of that, of of what what you would lose by getting honest. So that's uh, that's very good. And so now, just one more question. Let's see if we can just pull yeah, all I'd of like this to pull together. together too. And I don't quite see it. Uh, okay. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find this out together. Okay. So, um, how did this pretending that you had it together in order to get people's love and appreciation? How has that impacted you in your life? Hmm. Have you done that in other situations? I'm sure I have, and of course, nothing's coming to mind. Right, but let's say you're going to go play your harp at a wedding. Well, you'd think I would be looking for admiration by doing it well rather than by missing things. No, if, you're, if your experience, remember that our egos are formed, and I haven't really talked about the ego today, and right. maybe, I, maybe I will after the next break. I'm not sure because we've got a lot of calls. Right. Uh, is um, if your experience is or your ego has experienced that it is being validated by pretending to know what you're doing as right. opposed to actually knowing what you're doing, it's going to set up a pattern mm-hmm. of as long as I can fake it, then I will get my needs met, which is to feel loved and validated. Right, even though it makes no sense, right? Well, but it makes perfect sense on an emotional level. Right. I mean, logically, no, it doesn't make any sense, but it does. So if you're going to go into this wedding, you want everybody to love and appreciate you, uh, not only because you want to get paid and you want to get hired again, but also <laughs> because, I mean, you want to, you know, why are you doing this? If, if, if you know, if it's not just for money. No, and so, not at all. so if you start practicing in advance you're, and you start seeing 
oh, that note wasn't perfect and that note wasn't right and that and the then you're suddenly going to lose the confidence. Well, your experience tells you that acting confident, even when you're not, is what got, got you love and validation. Mm, okay. So, so you're going to automatically go out there, act like you're confident, and uh, because that's where you, you, because you're so sure that that's what's going to get you the validation, because you don't want to admit, oh, I'm going to come to the wedding, but I don't really know that song that well. See, and here, here's the one valuable piece that's missing that will hold all this together is if you really had true confidence in yourself and a confidence in your ability to learn and self-love and appreciation for yourself, you wouldn't be so darn self-critical. And if you weren't so darn self-critical, you could practice and you could practice and hear your errors and be able to evaluate how important is this. See, Amy, I used to play the piano, and I am so, so, so in harmony with what you're going through. Because when, if I would sit there and I start swooning over the keyboard, uh, lost in the emotion, you know, it sounds really great. But if I had to listen to it on tape, I think I'd throw up. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. I would hear, hear that the notes aren't even, and that this wasn't right, and this wasn't right, and this isn't right. And I couldn't. I I was so full of insecurity because this is the ego again, right? I was so really so full of insecurity about my playing that every mistake I made was amplified into the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to hear any of those mistakes and therefore I couldn't look very carefully at myself. Right. So I my suggestion to you is that you work on or continue to working on, uh, work on of uh, being able to have expectations of yourself that are realistic so that your confidence in yourself is based on what you can really do and to keep cultivating the self-appreciation for all the wonderful things that you do do while being perfectly willing to look at the errors and mistakes you make without feeling that this is a cause for you to burn your harp. <laughs> So thank you so much for calling Inside Out. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Beth. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Well, isn't this interesting? Uh, We're really looking at uh, some of the little games that we uh, play with ourselves as we are trying to, if, if a parent wants us to feel confident because they don't want to be bothered, she probably had a mother who didn't want to be bothered with the kids herself, so she wanted Amy to feel good about being in charge, even though it was very, very difficult, then that part of us is going to get emphasized. We are going to learn how to fake it, and we can't admit it to ourselves. So this has been very helpful, and uh, we are going to another commercial break. But don't go away, because when we come back, we're going to talk about the delicious difference between ego and confidence. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. 
But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Inside Out. We are talking about the delicious difference between confidence and ego. And I'd like to do some sharing now because we don't have another call. And I'm kind of glad to have an opportunity to go a little bit more in depth about the topic. Because I think it's important for us, first of all, to acknowledge that when somebody is in their ego, we hate it. It makes us feel bad, and I want to talk about why. In fact, it was really interesting. Our engineer uh, was talking to us during the break, and he was talking about people who are cocky and the difference between being confident and cocky. And I like that. I'm going to use your word. So um, why is it so annoying or unnerving to us when somebody is coming along like they know everything? Well, first of all, we are all very intuitive. See, we're all one on a very deep level, all humanity, you know, we're one. And we can pick up the energy from one another. So if somebody is being cocky, that's usually because they're not confident. How many of us have met young teenagers, for example, or even old teenagers, who are acting so cocky like they really know what they're doing? Do they know what they're doing? We don't know what we're doing. We're older than they are, right? And they certainly don't know what they're doing. And their major thing is they're trying to prove that they don't need their parents anymore. So they're going to come in like real cocky and we can sense their insecurity. So it's annoying. It's annoying not just because oh, we may be the parent and we have to put up with it, but it's also annoying because we are actually feeling their insecurity. That's what is getting telegraphed to us telepathically. I am insecure. But we have no way of intervening with them, of talking about it, of helping them, of supporting them. And so we're stuck with a mixed message. The message that's coming out of their mouth is, I really know what I'm doing. But the message that's coming from their energy field is, help, help, help. I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm afraid you're going to find out. Oh, my God, this is going to hurt. And so what we're actually feeling from them is fear and Feeling someone else's fear makes us uncomfortable because we're in the energy of fear, see? So have some compassion for yourself. And the other thing that uh, cocky people do, and we do have another caller, and I'm going to get to her in a second. Um, Another thing that cocky people do is they play on your insecurities, guys. 
when they are coming in, blah, 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 and I know what I'm doing, and they have to find somebody who's insecure enough to believe them and not see through their stories. And so they are really going to make you feel as weak as possible in order to give you the willingness to listen to them and believe them. We just, we went through this very recently with an escrow where a guy was telling our agent what to do and he was wrong, see? but he was coming across real confident and he was taking advantage of this woman's insecurities and it, the whole thing turned out to be a mess. So I better stop talking because I'd love to bring on Elizabeth from Fallbrook. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. Thanks for taking my call, Dr. James. Welcome to Inside um, Out. Yes. Thanks. Um, one thing I noticed in myself is um, when I'm coming from ego, like when I'm trying to point something out, um, I feel like the sense of anger or the sense of righteousness underneath, you know, in, in my energy when mm. I'm pointing something out to somebody. Mm. Um, oh, yes. Like, you know, I know this and you don't and I can see it and you can't. And here I'm trying to force it down your throat. Mm-hmm. And when I'm coming from, you know, just just plain confidence, I'm more centered within my own self, and I'm calm, and I don't react. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. That's brilliant. I think what you're saying is so important because your energy is going to then be communicated to the other person, and they know They've got you. Yeah. So if they're sensitive at all and they're picking up your insecurities that underneath it, they're going to, that's when you are the most vulnerable. (laughs) Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's beautiful. And why do you think, where do you think you learned very quickly? Let's see if we can do a little delving into this one. Okay. Uh, Okay. where Where do you think you learned to uh, come across so strong when you really feel insecure? Well, the first thought that came to my mind is observing my father and how he would treat others and mm-hmm. that, you know, his, his um, weapon was his voice. He would raise his voice and um, yell at people. Yeah. And so how do you think that impacts you? Well, just watching an example of, okay, here's somebody who's a small-statured person who appears to know what they're doing because they're saying all these things in a very loud voice and the other people are listening to that. You know, he's, he's controlling them. He's getting them to do what he thinks should be done or whatever they should do. They're listening to that. Yeah, okay. So it looks like it's working, doesn't it? Yes. Okay, so now I want you to blink your eyes. Three times, and when you open your eyes the th- after the third blink, I want you to see the same scene of your father yelling and see what's actually going on in the room. Um, what's coming up for me is that he's feeling a lot of fear. Um, mm-hmm. He really doesn't know what to do, but... Because he's the one who's supposed to know. He presents himself as such. And do the people around him want him to know? 
Do the people around him want him to know? Yes. That want him to know that... Whatever. You're saying that oh. what you're picking up is his fear. He feels like he should know something that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. A- and so he's covering up that insecurity by yelling. And I'm asking mm-hmm. you if the people around him, the family members who are being cowed by this, do they want him to know? Do they want to pretend that he does know? Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Do they want to pretend that he does know? That's right. You got it. That's exactly what the dynamic is. They, so they are they not listening. That's right. They are not listening okay. to him because he's yelling. They're listening to him because they want to believe he does know. Mm. Because they don't know. Or they mm. think they don't know. And they don't know how to come together to reach some conclusion. So while it is true, let's say, if you're, uh, let's say you're a parent and you beat your child and you, know, you cause that child a lot of fear, yes, they're going to listen to you. But they're not listening to you. They're just following what you're saying until they can get old enough to leave. Right? <laughs> so they don't say, oh, dad is so wise. They say, dad's a jerk. He doesn't know what he's talking about, but what am I going to do? Uh, you know, if I cross him, he's going to beat the shit out of me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a situation where somebody feels weak and is controlled by force. And I'm not saying that force never controls. But in terms of them thinking that dad is wise... No, they don't think dad is wise. They think that he's brutal. They think he's, uh, you know, he's, he, he's pushing them around. They resent him. So in those moments, you can see that it isn't the force itself. It is the desire to believe that the other person has the answers we don't have. And so mm-hmm. that, in a way, mm-hmm. is the other side of this whole conversation about ego and confidence, that those of us who don't have confidence bolster the egos of those who are pretending that they know what they're doing. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder why we're so screwed up. (laughs) But you get it. You get it. I, I get it, too. So I love your question. I'm so glad that you called. Thank you. I'm glad I called in, too. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So we've been, as usual, just scratching the surface of a very complex topic, but we've seen now that there is a lot of collusion going on around uh, ego that, or confidence, that the person who feels insecure is allowing the person who is pretending to be secure to dominate because they don't want to go out there on a limb with all of their insecurity. And I'd like to go back to something that James brought up in the the beginning of the show, uh, which was what do you do when you go into court and you have to pretend that you know what you're doing or you're going to get killed by the opposing counsel? Well, this kind of brings up a topic uh, that Amy brought up earlier, one of our uh, earlier callers, if you've just tuned in. And she was, uh, we were talking about not practicing. And here it is. If you really want to do a good job in anything, you've got to practice and you've got to get yourself together. You have to learn how to do it 
well in order to feel confident. Now, if you don't mind, let's say you're going out and you're going to garden for the first time and you've decided that you absolutely don't care, that you just want to have fun. You want to stick your spade in the soil and you want to see what happens and you really don't care what happens. Well, that's wonderful. Who's telling you not to do that? Do it, do it, do it. But if you want to stick your spade in the soil and you want to get vegetables by the end of the growing season, you better find out what you're doing. That's the difference. Not, you know, one is purely for play and the other one has another intention. So if you have a job and you feel insecure, don't get cocky, get busy. Either get busy getting out of that job if you're no good at it or get busy learning what you need to learn in order to get better at it. But if we're afraid to confront our insecurities, if we're afraid to admit to ourselves how we feel, if we have been geared through our programming and our experience in life to pretending that we're, that we're doing better than we are because there is some parent or some authority figure or some situation where we have felt that our, that our lives are at stake. Mom won't love me if I don't do well or I'm the king of the gang and I have to pretend that I know what I'm doing or somebody is going to stick a shiv in my back. You know, well, There are so many situations where we have felt that our lives are on the line either physically or emotionally. Um, and so our egos have taken on certain stances and ways to deal with it. But they're not reality-based, guys. You know, I wrote a book. It's called Living with Reality. I suggest you get it. All you have to do is look at bethgreen.org. If you look on the, the right side of our host page, you'll see a link uh, to my website. You can get our book, uh, Living with Reality, because if we're living with reality, we either say, I can't do this and I shouldn't be doing it, or I can do this, but I won't do it very well, and who cares? Or I must do this, and I better get better, and I better get cracking. So with that, and no further ado, <laughs> I'd like to thank our wonderful callers today. And James, would you like to clue us in into to what's happening next week? Well, it seems like James is not there. Um, well, that's really funny. Because what we're doing next week is this is the show that I was thinking about before this week, so I happen to know what it is, and uh, it's I know that James is having a problem with his new computer, so that's fine. It's about envy, jealousy, and competition, and what we're going to be asking people to do is to get honest about how we're envious, how we're jealous, and how we're competitive, and to look at the negative impact of those qualities, how we hurt ourselves and others with those qualities, and also to take a look at how other people have either been envious of us or jealous of us or competitive with us, how that's hurt us too. And I'm going to be talking about what is envy, what is jealousy, what is competition, where do they come from, how are we expressing them, and how can we overcome them together so that we can have a much more mutually supportive and loving world? So don't freak out and say, oh, I can't listen to that show because I know I'm competitive and I still want to stay that way. I really wanted to explore this with the honesty that we always have on Inside Out to see how we are hurting ourselves with these qualities and where they come from. 
So I definitely invite you to come and listen uh, to our show next time and spread the word about Inside Out. You can listen to our podcast and you can share them and let people know about Inside Out, It's which is our little mini free weekly mini workshop. It's like a workshop in a box. So thank you so much for joining us today about the delicious difference between ego and confidence. And bless you, get more honest about the places where you don't feel confident and get the help and support you need. God bless. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.